Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, 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 I'm back from Dubai. We're black, we're brown. Ambition, 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 ambition. I'm so glad you're back. You know I hate singing without you. Hey, Mandra, how are you? Hey, Tiff. I'm good. Welcome back. Welcome back. First of all, I saw the face of your Halloween car. I was like, wait a minute. Did you go as a witch? It looked amazing. <laughs> I did. I did. I, I dressed up as a witch. Um, just, it was the easiest thing to do. And I really liked that wig at Party City. Yeah, it was so fun. We had a fun little spooky um, Halloween edition of the show uh, okay. with Delianne and, and Mark Russell from Better Wallet. It was so, it was fun. Uh, Rio was not having the wig. He said, <laughs> really? no like mama, new hair. <laughs> he oh. saw me take your wig. <laughs> yeah. And then that afternoon, it was such a crazy day. I was fighting the same kind of, we talked over the weekend. I was yes. like, I can't talk. I got to save my voice. <laughs> I got so sick. And finally today I feel normal, but it was like a 10 day um, yes. virus, something like that. And it really was hitting me on Halloween day. And thank goodness Rio didn't care much that I didn't go trick or treating. I was like, we're going to hand out the candy, oh. um, which he really enjoyed. But 5 p.m. on Halloween day, when I had the wig and the makeup on and I was like, with my box of Kleenex, just gonna chill out, the Today Show emailed me, Tiff. That's awesome. <laughs> they said, can you be downstairs? Well, they didn't know I was downstairs. Can you can you do a taped interview? And I was like, no, literally in the wig and the makeup. And I said, sure, I'll see you in an hour. <laughs> so shout out to having my, my cousin. She came in a clutch to watch Rio. Um, and I've never taken off so much purple makeup so fast. <laughs> What, and when does it air? pretended like I wasn't ill. It aired the next morning. It was just crazy. Ooh. It was part of a segment on, um, so the pay equity, pay transparency law in New York passed last yes. week. So now, yeah, which is so exciting. It makes everything so much easier. It's the way it should be. But yes. New York, um, for fil- 4 million workers now um, will be impacted. So if you're, if you have a private firm, most companies basically, um, who are listing jobs and have at least one employee based in New York have to have a salary range now, which means that now, it, it's a good faith salary range. And what I and a lot of Twitter sleuths have found is like companies are taking good faith with a huge grain of salt. And they are oh. out here with these crazy wide, like I saw a bank manager for Apple Bank today that was 165 to 240 was the That's salary big, range. Yeah. So there's still room to, to go. And like, obviously, mm-hmm. the, I hope that they make amendments to make it more specific, but a huge win. Very exciting. I got on the Today Show. What the hell? Um, That's awesome. It was a... Not a bad, not a bad Halloween day. <laughs> well, we're today's show towards, I go tomorrow. I go I go on set tomorrow, tomorrow morning. Ooh. Oh, that's right. I got to, let me make myself a note. I got to be like, what Logan, you talking about? Uh, 
um, <clears throat> holiday, like savings all around, but like how to prepare for the holidays, especially with this upcoming recession. I didn't, I totally forgot. I'm like, oh girl, I gotta tell Logan, I'm like girl, tell the girls to watch. Um, let me make myself a note to myself. Like, um, but yeah, so Dubai was okay. Um, <laughs> I didn't enjoy Just it okay? as much as I thought. Yeah, well, here's the thing. I had a good time with, I went with this uh, black travel group, um, a woman named Kina. She does this thing called the Dubai Blackout. She brings anywhere from 200 to upwards of 400 black folks to Dubai every year. And so like the general premise of the tour and things that that was fun. We had a good time. Um, but two things I realized, like one, I don't necessarily want to travel with a group that big because um, you just, you're not as nimble. You can't do as much. Um, certainly, though, there was a lot of like one off time that like my sister and I did. My sister Carol came with me. Um, but also, too, I um, Dubai is way more commercial than I guess I anticipated. It felt like the Disneyland of the Middle East, you know, it, like I like a lot. I like some grit. I like history. I like, oh, my gosh, you know, this is what you eat here. This is what you wear here. But there was a lot of like a mirroring of Western culture that I already experienced day by day, you know? Um, like, honestly, I, I can't tell you one, like I didn't, I had food from other countries, but just not what they eat in Dubai, I couldn't tell you. I'm like, I had sushi, I had Indian food, I had, and everything was sublime and supreme. I mean, you won't see one piece of like tissue on the ground on the highway. Everything was like perfect. And it was super safe, especially for women and kids, because they, they always like, you could literally take a taxi that was just a woman's taxi. They were like, if they were like, um, they had this thing called the Global Festival, where like they had all these different countries represented in this kind of like Disney World-esque like marketplace. Um, and they had like a woman's night, you know? And so, you know, you're gonna be super safe. You know, everybody was super nice. But I guess I was just kind of like, oh, I, I could experience this in the U.S. in this part. Like, this is like California, and this is like New York. Um, and it's like un intentional. I think the initial king, like the first king of Dubai, he was a world traveler. And what he actually did was go to the Guggenheim and say, how much for the um, rights to be able to build an exact replica in Dubai? And go to Paris and say, how much to be able to build the... Eiffel Tower, you know, so it Sounds was like just a very extravagant version of like Vegas where you have. Yes, like, that's what everybody kept saying. Like, <laughs> it, it was a very high end, which in Vegas, honestly, wasn't my fave. Um, yeah. You know, so which Vegas is the same yeah, way. So, you go there for like the different. Yes. You just get it's like a buffet of all the different cuisine yes. and shows and glitz. And I and like all, all I know about it, Dubai is like, I don't know, the really terrible Sex in the City 2 movie. Um, yeah. And like when Fast and the Furious had a. <laughs> they went to Dubai but like yes. super luxe and like live your best life um yeah it's and very be glamorous very yeah yeah but like you know well, it's not bad so for I mean, all in all, I'm glad I went you know I'm glad I went because I had a good time but I will say the part that I really like because there are seven kingdoms in the UAE the United um um the Arab United Arab Emirates. Emirates. So I guess an emirate is a kingdom. And so I really liked, um, we went to Abu Dhabi and they have the most incredible mosque there that it's like almost like reminiscent of um, the Taj Mahal, which I've been to in India. Um, but it was so beautiful. And that's what I kind of came for. That That's the energy I like when I travel, where it's like, oh, I'm not in Kansas anymore. It was so beautiful. It's like all made out of all white, like marble. It was just... 
Uh, it was just so beautiful. Um, you had to wear like your the traditional abaya, which is like this kind of like loose fitting garment, and you know we had to wear the hijab, and so that even that was just it was just beautiful. And so um, yeah, so but like I said, all in all, I had a good time. And I just wanted to give you an update about the condo. So I found some more tea. Let me tell you something. When you're going to purchase a property, see if you can like, you know, especially if it's a condo, see if you can like get to know some of the neighbors. Because when I tell you, these neighbors have been talking, honey. And they were like, oh, that condo? Girl, that was on sale last year. I knew I had seen it on Realtor.com last year. So I'll kind of give you some numbers. So it was on Realtor.com last year for like $650, $675, something crazy. But that's when, you know, remember when homes were going for like crazy amounts. So I guess, you know, I, she, sis was trying to get her coin, which I understand, but it didn't sell. Because I just think that she overreached with the price. Well, obviously, because the market is going to tell you. You know, because things were literally, I remember in my neighborhood in particular, which the condos in the same neighborhood that I live in now, um, things were going for like 50, 75 over asking. Things, were, things weren't even hitting the market, you know? And so for the fact that it didn't sell means that although it's beautiful, it was priced more than what people are willing to pay because the, um, the associate, I believe it's because the association fee is, is kind of high. It's twelve fifty. You know, on top of the fact you have to pay taxes mm -hmm, a month. I thought, you know, so you're looking at at least an overhead of like, I don't know, $1,800 to $2,000 a month, just even if you pay cash, which is what I was willing to do. So $650, like last year, didn't sell during the height when everybody was selling, delisted it, put it back on the market this year, starting at $575, didn't sell. Brought it down to 550, didn't sell. It's now 539. Still has not sold. It's been seven. It's been seven months on the market. So you know, sis was like, you know, I did my little research. I've been asking questions. You know, is there a lot of noise? I was like, you know, the neighbors have been awesome. Just like sharing, like this is what they like about. The How building. do you get in touch with the neighbors? Challenges. You just go. Well, the first time I went, I realized I had like a, because it's Newark and I live here. There are a handful of people that I knew. I'm like, oh, I didn't know you lived here. You know, and then, so it was like one woman I knew that lived there, and then she was like, you know who you should talk to? My friend such and such. She's in 4B, let me make a text intro. You know, and so that's how I got to speak to like, and I even got to see two other apartments besides hers. And they were beautiful, I was like, oh wow. Um, and so it just like, so I put in an all cash offer for less than what, you know. Apparently I offended her. Um, and so, yeah, well honestly, I don't mind, I'm like, uh, what does that mean and what does it matter? So when no. you are putting in an offer for a property, you know, if you put in lower than what, you know, the the person is asking, you run the risk of the seller being mad, you know, and you have to ask yourself, are you willing to walk away, which I live in a beautiful home that's paid off. And so I was willing to walk away because what to me, although I am looking for change, I am not in a rush. The truth is this place took me by surprise. I was gonna wait until the recession of 2023 and get me a deal. Like that was my, that was my Clear intent. Uh, yes, for <laughs> real, because way. it's happening, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so, um, but this took me by surprise. I was like, okay, you know, I'm willing to consider this because, you know, this is a beautiful space and it's in the neighborhood that I wanna stay in. So I put in an offer that I felt was more than fair because I also found out, because you could see it's, um, it's public knowledge how much she paid for it, 
you know, and because she had the place fully renovated and there is a guy who renovates the condo, um, like almost all the condos there. And so uh, one of the people, one of the neighbors was like, oh, you should talk to, let's call him Paul. You should talk to Paul because I think he did the apartment. And so I spoke with Paul and asked him all that he did. And it was like all the electrical, all the plumbing, which is great because that's the expensive stuff. The, you know, the, the kitchen, the bathrooms, which also the expensive things. And so I was like, okay, so all the hardcore things that are going to cost a lot. And then I asked him how much, you know, so this doesn't include materials, just his like, you know, just his rate. And it was about 60,000. I asked him to give me a range. So about 60,000. I was like, okay. So I started to do the math. I said, say 60 plus another 40 for materials. Let's just say you bought it for 280 then plus another 100,000 on top of that that's 380 that you you know that you've put in because the condo was bought in 19, uh, 2019 so then that's that helped to inform the kind of offer I'm going to make that was a quick but, turnaround but, she's flipping it girl she even live there no uh, and okay. so but maybe she was attending because honestly it's very if you look at the pictures it's very specific taste. So I think that she intended to, I'm assuming, because why else renovate it in such a way that's very specific um, from the materials that she used. Um, but then for whatever reason, you know, something else happened. I think she owns homes other places because she's a, a business owner. So, but think about that. You buy something for 280, then you put $100,000 in at 380 and then you try to sell it for um, $650,000, $675,000. That's like a $300,000 profit, which, girl, I ain't mad at you. But it didn't work out because the market said, I don't think so. And even at this current price, the market is still saying no. And we know that because it hasn't sold. And so, but and, you know, at the end of the day, it's her property. But something interesting that's happening is that there's another property. So this is a four bedroom, like three and a half bath or whatever. There's another four bedroom, three and a half bath coming online in that same building. Because up until now, that apartment has been a unicorn in that there are no real comps because there is no other four bedroom, three and a half bath that sold within a year in that neighborhood. And so here's one that's coming online. Now, if, and from what I understand, the person who's selling it, they've already purchased a home. So they're very motivated to sell, which means let's just say they sell it for 475, 490. Now, all of a sudden, there's a hardcore comp. So you're trying to sell for 539. If they sell basically the same apartment for 490, that is the new comp. 539 is going to be nearly impossible because one, even if someone has the cash like me, they're gonna be like, but why should I pay that when something similar is sold for less? And then if someone does get a mortgage, the appraisal is not going to, you're not gonna get the appraisal because appraisals are based upon comps, which are similar properties that have recently sold. And this other property is on a higher floor and it's fully renovated as well. So it's a, it's a true comp. So it's gonna be very interesting. I'm actually gonna look at that property too, because you never know, maybe I want it. Um, and so I'm gonna look at it, you know, and if I don't, I will sit and wait to see, um, you know, what her move is, but I'm not in a rush. That's one thing is that for those of you who are looking to buy and purchase, um, there's always deals to be found. Um, and if you are not in a rush, try not to rush because it's very easy to get like, because I mean, my realtor, I could tell she's kind of annoyed with me because she's like, oh, you should have put in for like, you know, higher. And I was just like, why should I pay more? Because we're in a market where it's, um, it's hot potato, where Th these homes were being passed around and it was like this hot market and someone's gonna get stuck with the potato. 
And it's very clear if I purchased it at the 539, it would be me because we see already we're in a market where go on realtor.com or any of this, you will literally see almost every home has a download arrow of this home was recently reduced. Like that's the market where it is no longer a seller's market, but it's actually not a buyer's market either. And we're in a rare, fair market. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't make sense for me to overspend. Now in 10 years, do I think I get my money back? Sure. But it doesn't make sense for me to overspend because at the end of the day, I'm looking at my holistic financial life and it's an opportunity cost because do you know what 500,000 can do in this, this market? Amazon is the lowest it's been in like how many years, 20 years? You know, 500,000 in the market now could potentially be a million, two million in the next five, six years. And so knowing that, I just was like, no, nah, I'm not willing to go. I'm willing to like, well, she won't even negotiate, so that's fine. But I'm not willing to go to the price because I've heard behind the scenes that she's like, I'm not lowering it anymore, which is her right. You know, but for me, I'm not willing to overspend on something that I know. Now, is it worth the money she's asking or is it... Yes, but is it valued at the money she's asking? No, because something can be worth a thing, but if the market says I will not purchase it, then the value has been stated, which is like, no, not this. It's not because of the thing itself, it's just because of the economy that we're in now, you just can't get that price. So so I'll give you guys some updates, you know, and um, see, I mean, yeah. So it seems like that is off the table then, and you're gonna look for a different property? No, because I'm open. Here's the thing, like I said, I'm, I'm fortunate in that you know, I don't, I don't have any mortgages. My house is beautiful. I'm just open to me. The one, if the right opportunity comes along, I will take advantage of it. But if not, it might be two or three years and I'll stay here. You know, I'm just basically, it's just like if the right opportunity comes along, then I'll take advantage of it. But I, I think it's just, um, it's, I think it's important for our listeners to hear like, here's what's happening. 2023. I mean, there's some economists that are like, we've been in a recession since 20, since January 2022. That's what some economists are saying. Um, because, you know, we had the, we had the, um, two quarters of economic, um, shrinkage of our GDP, which is like the output of a country, right? The financial output in, of a country. So, so some people are saying that, you know, we've been in a recession, but I believe by 2023, it will be under, an undeniable recession, meaning like the government will say so, everybody will be agree on agreement that, and two, although the job market is currently still strong, I think it's lagging behind what's actually happening. Because like, there are a lot of small businesses, including myself, who've had to make some shrinkage. Like, you know, like I think in 2023, you're going to see that um, people are going to be let go and maybe they've, you know, they've already gotten their walking papers like um, like Twitter, where in February, like they've been told now, but in February, that's when it'll officially be done. So I think in 2023, we're also going to see an uptick in um, in unemployment. You know, like, although we haven't seen it yet, I just think the job market is, is lagging. So you're gonna see home prices decrease because they've been on a, like a, a tear, you know? And, and, and then you're also gonna see, I think a lot more people, unfortunately, losing their jobs and inflation is still has a hold on us. And, and you know, Jerome Powell, um, you know, from the feds, from the um, Federal Reserve Bank has made it very clear that he's gonna do whatever it takes to bring inflation underfoot you know, if that means increasing the interest rate again, which they just did last week. And so interest rates are higher. Mortgage interest rates are higher as a result. I think we're at like 7% for a 30 year mortgage. 
Yeah, I think we should. I think our next episode, we should really talk about preparation for the recession and like what our listeners to do. But I'm just sharing that so you understand like my thinking about, you know, whether or not to purchase a property. And if I do, I want to do so in a way that because at the end of the day, buying a home is probably the most expensive choice most of us will ever make. And I don't want to do so just because I'm like, I love it. You know, it's like, "Mm, okay, girl, it's going to be a lot of homes you love. Let's talk about the financial ramifications of that purchase. Well, I'm glad you brought up layoffs. I mean, as a career coach, I'm already seeing it in the Mandy Moneymakers. And it's one of the reasons why, yeah, I mean, not huge numbers, but certainly some people in our community have been laid off this um, in the past few months. Now, one was laid off in August and already has a great job earning more than she was getting paid from the job that laid her off. Um, It took her two months, two and a half months, I think. So it was a long wait, but she was able to bounce back. So I think it's like what I'm seeing is, yes, layoffs are happening and it's just par for the course. You know, I, I, I really approach career coaching for a realistic position of layoffs happen. I think um, if you're going to have a long career, it's probably going to happen to you. At some point, I have been laid off myself. And the message for me is always career resiliency. Like how can you create professional resiliency so that you have like a network who can support you if you need support, if you're to be layoff. So people who you can reach out to and let them know, I'm open to an opportunity. And because of the like the relationships that you've built and the reputation that you have in your field, that you'll be able to bounce back a little bit more quickly than if you're starting cold. Um, yeah, and I think shit, like on on Friday, half of Twitter's workforce, did you hear that? They laid off half the workforce, which is just brutal. But then they were calling some people back and saying, just never mind, we think you should come back, you're too essential. Ah, no, I didn't hear that. What is Elon doing? Um, oh, no. It's it's awful. And he's already tweeted like vote Republican um, and how he's one of his first, you know, one of his first missions is to, um, what you call it, like clamp down, clamp down, stamp down on whatever, fight back against parody accounts because a lot of people parody Elon Musk because he is. I saw that Kathy, Kathy Griffin, they kicked her off as a result. Really? Ugh, yeah. yeah. So he's a bully. He's such a freaking billionaire bully. And um, it's a shame, you know, that a man like him can just wield his influence and his huge financial power and just take over a whole company like that. Um, and Twitter just felt like the people's company in a weird way. I mean, it's a business, yeah. right? But it yeah. just it doesn't feel like that anymore. I'm, I don't want to use it. Um, but it's not the only ones like we're going to be seeing and this is heading into the fourth quarter. We're already in the fourth quarter. Layoffs are really common before the holidays. So I was going to say that. Yeah. I mean, realistically, you should absolutely be preparing um, for what happens if you were to be laid off. So I would be and a lot of the same practices I can help you prepare professionally can also help you financially. So, you know, get your emergency funds shored up, um, cut back on expenses if you can. Um, you know, of course, dust off that resume and be looking, you know, take the take interview opportunities as they come to you and um, keep your networks fresh and warm. So, you know, look for opportunities to connect to former colleagues and peers in your network and let them know what you're interested in. And, and certainly if you're hearing whispers, you know, some of these layoffs don't happen out of nowhere. You hear whispers at your company and some companies tell you, you know, like they have the hiring freezes and hiring pauses. That's a good indication. Potentially layoffs could happen if these freezes are not enough. So what can you do to bounce back and um, how can you use your network to do that? So I have a question. So Mandy, how, because you told me it took her two months on average when 
things are not bad, how long are typically people or your many money makers, how long have they, like if they lost their job, how long before they replaced it typically? Yeah, well, I've only seen, I think, three Mandy Moneymakers. So it's not a huge statistical sample, but three Mandy (laughs) Moneymakers have been laid off since August. And one worked in HR, one worked for a a big um, health coaching, like a kind of like Uber for fitness coaching uh, company called Noom. And then another. Oh, Noom. Yes, yes. Yeah. um, And she was in like um, equity, diversity, equity. It's these like HR roles, the two that I've had. And then I forget where the third one works. I need to go back and check. But like I said, the first one who got was laid off. Actually, she was only laid off three months after joining the company, which same thing happened to me. First, last one hired, first one fired, you know, tail as old as time. She was laid off in August and she had two interviews going at two good jobs, job prospects going at the same time, dragging their feet. Because I do think at companies you're seeing a lot of uncertainty. And even if you had like headcount approved for open roles, I think recruiters and HR are um, still getting mixed signals probably from higher ups on can we fill this headcount, you know. Um, one of my Mandy moneymakers uh, is in at a big Silicon Valley company right now that we, you all would know. And she is interviewing um, or was interviewing rather at Amazon. And then her hiring process was put on hold. So, yeah, which is, you know, luckily she has a great job to to shelter in. But I'm, I'm definitely seeing it happen. Um, and the first one that I mentioned that was laid off in August, she just got a great new job um, in October. So it took her two and a half months or so. So I think what you said about jobs sort of lagging what's happening in the market is true. I think we have to take a realistic look at it. And what gives me hope is that, yes, layoffs are happening, but I'm, I'm also seeing that people are finding those opportunities. And the second one who I mentioned who got laid off from the health and um, health coaching um, company, she's had interviews at great firms and she's really, you know, optimistic. And both of these women have been executing everything that they've learned through the Mandy Moneymakers, you know, really leveraging their networks, not being shy about posting on LinkedIn, even about their journey post layoff, you know, how it's been going and what they're seeing. And, um, but that's, it's, it's a reality. So I definitely think that um, we should be, if you're working nine to five, that this is one of those times where it's like, okay, what am I doing to create more resiliency so that if, when something this happens, ha- yeah. You can, and we should definitely literally, I think we should have literally like a, a recession, like, you know, like literally like take questions Q&A on, like a, our, our BAQA recession questions. And then like, a, a so we can really deep dive into like how to prepare your career, how to prepare your business and how to prepare, you know, your personal finances, like those three things. So I think that would be so helpful for our listeners because it doesn't have to be this big, bad, scary thing, but certainly... You know, the first recession, I had no idea. I bought a house at top of market, like, da 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 da, I'm 25. <laughs> I'm out here doing big girl thing. Recession? What's the recession? Russ, mm-hmm. Googling it. Wait, what? Well, ooh, girl, they say people lose their jobs, but not teachers. Oh, me too. <laughs> so, yeah. the first, my first introduction to recession was rough. And so, we don't want mm-hmm. that for you. You know, there's a lot that, you know, we wish we would have known. And I'm way more prepared now. Um, that's why I was like, mm, Tiffany, even though I would buy this place and I wouldn't have a mortgage, you know, I'm still committing to like $21,000 a year and just overhead, just basic overhead, which not to say I can't afford that, but I was just like, 
what's the desired outcome and does this meet it or just doesn't meet some of it, you know? And so um, I think every, almost all of our choices are also financial choices. And if we keep those in mind, then I, I truly believe that you can, you know, you can make a choice that meets at least most of your criteria, you know, like, um, and so, yeah. So I just think that I'm glad that, you know, they get to kind of come along the ride with us as we like navigate this because I love in real time hearing, like I, even though I know it's not this large cross section of the Mandy money makers, but it's, it's real life happening to real people that we get to see like what's happening when it comes to the job market, how long did it take? And then too, I think one of the, the biggest takeaways is like, look what happens when you actually have help navigating that space versus maybe if, you know, maybe it would have been four months or five months if she yeah. was out and here support, alone instead of getting And not feeling, absolutely, and like the support of having a place you can go and say, y'all, I got laid off today. I'm kind of freaking out. And, you know, it's been really wonderful to see the makers kind of just cover these women and cover their fellow makers. Um, <laughs> this is my first recession as a business owner. So I'm even thinking, huh, am I going to sink this much into my like my solo 401k or should I keep more cash, you know, <laughs> in my reserves this year? Um, yeah. Well, we can talk about it because honestly, like we... I've been preparing, honey. Like mm -hmm. I was like during COVID, I was freaked out. I was like, uh, we had one month worth of emergency savings. And I said, this not enough. <laughs> so now all of my companies have six months um, of emergency savings. And well, we're gonna talk because like, like I said, I think it's it, there's so much stuff that we could do to prepare, but we also have pivot plans of like, I call it going to the bank. I, I tell us to all like my my mentees and my mentor Tiffany, uh, .com is that like, you should have this thing where I call it, where it's like, you have your regular business model, but if stuff is, you know, the young people say, if shit gets thick, then I can go to the bank. And sometimes going to the bank is like, I can do consulting. Like for example, for me personally, I know that if if I wanted, I could do one-on-one -on -one consulting and make quite a bit of money. I don't particularly want to do one-on-one -on -one consulting, but if things got really bad, that's the bank for the Budgetista. Back when I first started the Budgetista, the bank was babysitting and tutoring. It was like, oh my gosh, the Budgetista made no money, but that's okay. I babysat and tutored to make money instantly. And so I think every business owner should have some um, ways, even if it's not ways that you're currently doing, that you could tap into that bank and say, if I had to, I could do this, 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 this. Like, I know you don't particularly like editing, um, being an editor anymore, but you know if you had to, you could take do me that back. And make some, right? <laughs> <laughs> you can make some coin in the meantime. I didn't so burn like, those yeah, bridges on the way out. <laughs> exactly. Those are. That's why it's important. Yeah. So, no. But this is good. I mean, I just think, uh, like you know. Well, by the time you guys hear this episode, you know, um, officially voting will be over. Ah, you know, I, I know. About it. I'm so scared. I know. <laughs> but I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I told myself, regardless of what happens. Life moves on, meaning that you you have to whether it's a Republican House Senate that like we will you will have to learn to navigate whether it's all Democrat you'd have to learn to navigate and that's how life looks like you know it's so cyclical and you will manage and we will you know the key is with the tools available to me how do I make the most of it and that's all that can be asked of you so you know just keep that in mind that like. You know, there have been worse that's happened and there have been better that's happened and either way you're still here. So Absolutely. And it's such a it's like a Buddhist way of looking at things that in life there are 
Um, there are intense moments of joy and ups and everyone's making money and it's all great. And then you also have to be ready for the other foot to drop. And I think that it's not pessimism, it's realism. And that's what I like to bring to the table. But there's still room to be optimistic. It's just about, okay, let's be optimistic and cautiously optimistic moving forward. Yeah. <laughs> and plan either way. Absolutely. Well, should we take a quick breaky break and come we right back? Mm -hmm. All right. I got to think of a booster break. Dang. What was I going to do? <laughs> be right back. <laughs> Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, 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 BA fam. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. That's incredible. This is according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 150 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Okay, it's smart. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Just go to Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Terms and conditions apply. You need to hire. You need Indeed. Do you ever have subscriptions that you forget about? I did. Mm -hmm. Do you have a hard time canceling those subscriptions because they seem tricky or time consuming? Raise your hand. I know it's you. Okay. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Yes. I can see all my subscriptions in one place. And if I see something I don't want, I cancel it with a tap. I've never had to get on the phone with customer service in order to do so. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Okay. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash brown ambition. That's rocketmoney.com slash brown ambition, rocketmoney.com slash brown ambition. Okay. And we're black and back. And now it's time for Boost to break on boost on break on boost on break on boost. Are you gonna boost? Are you gonna break? Is you gonna break? Which one are you gonna do, Mantra? Which one will you take? Boost or break? Because yours is big. Mine is short, so I'll just do, and then that way we can we can wax poetic on yours. Like 
after. Yeah. Okay, so mine is really little. Of course, I just forgot it. Darn it. It was not like a big one. It was like, oh my God, it was right here at the, at the teep. I spent too, too much energy toe. helping me think of mine. I know. <laughs> no, what was it? It was, um, oh, okay. This is my um, my boost. It's I mean, it's a big deal, but not like a big deal for me personally. I've decided, I decided long ago. Anyway, I've decided that like, um, I mean, y'all know I've been like redesigning my life. I just actually, I've not spoken to Dr. Green in a month and we finally had our session like last week and I was sharing her all the changes and she was like, are you just in awe of the woman that you're becoming, Tiffany? And I, I was mean, like, I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> but I told her that one of the things on my list is I want more space and time to just do the things that I enjoy. You know, that sometimes I feel so rushed and the next thing and the next thing. And I, and I said, so next next year, I told um, my admin Rose to put an X on March, to put an X on August, and to put an X on December. Meaning I'm not gonna work those three months and I'm super excited about it. Um, you know, because I'm just like, I, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm telling all of my partners you know, ahead of time. So that way they want to work with me. Very it doesn't smart. mean that nothing will get posted, you know, but it just means that like I will pre-tape, like let's just say I'm like, oh, they want me to do some reels or whatever. All those things will be done because my team will still be working. But, you know, I want to create space where I'm like, I'm not overworking, you know, because I felt, I'm not going to lie, I, I was feel, doing really well until the Netflix special came out. And then it triggered old Tiffany, which is, oh, girl, we're about to get it. And then <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, my gosh. And I didn't know how to turn it off. And then I got really sick with that upper upper respiratory. Um, and it sat my, my, my behind down. And, um, and I said, I don't want to go back to that. Like, there has to be a way to, you know, celebrate something good or promote something without breaking myself because that's what I would just do. I would power through. And I don't wanna be that Tiffany anymore. And so I do say all that to say that like I'm excited because I'm like, that's what next year is going to look like. I don't know how I'm gonna work it out, but I told myself, first you work it out by intending it, then you say it, then you let people know, and then we work around it. And so that's, I'm excited about that. So that's my boosty, uh, but I know you have a huge boost, manager. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm very, very, very freaking proud. Um, so y'all know that I started my book proposal journey this past summer. I started working with a book proposal coach because I think like a lot of journalists and writers, I always wanted to write a book, but it was never happening. Um, and I realized I needed some accountability. So I started working with this coach in June. And at the same time, another coach for my Mandy Moneymakers Academy to me. And um, doing those two things at the same time made me really pull back in my business so I could have more space for that. And they worked in, they, like there was a method to the madness. The the coaching around the Mandy Moneymakers Academy was how can I create um, still the same amount of value, but less of a high touch um, process. So I wasn't, so I wouldn't have to show up um, live as often and reinvent the wheel every time I had a new cohort, basically. So how could I create like on demand content and take everything I'd already done and, and just make it more automatic. And that freed up time for me to focus on my book proposal. So my book proposal, I started working on, I took a big break in September when I was just free launching Mandy Moneymakers and that went off successfully. And then October, I hit it again and I'm done. I finished Yay! it. 70 pages of book that's proposal. Awesome. Yeah, I'm really 70 proud. pages, girl. That's a book. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I felt like it. 70 pages, nine or ten chapters um, of the book. The working title is Quit Your Way Rich. 
So right on brand. (laughs) I love it. Yes. And it feels exactly like it just feels like what it it, it just it's so cohesive with everything that I've been doing the past two years in my business. And um, it just makes sense. And I do feel like it's evergreen. um, Yeah. And. Yeah, it, and even though yes, the 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 pandemic and the Great Resignation happened, I I believe this is going to be the kind of career book that can just be a staple for anyone in their lives. Um, but so what happens now? This is like a very big but early stage. Book proposal is done. Now I shop it to find an agent, and when I find an agent, they will then take it and sell it to a publisher. So yes. with Thanksgiving coming up, the clock is ticking. I really want to have an agent before the holiday. I don't know if that's realistic or not. My proposal coach um should be pitching people this week but i hope it finds a home and i'll keep yeah, y'all first of all as ever let me tell you something about mandy <laughs> if she's not think she's ready i because of how i am i said let me see if this domain quit your way rich is available because i was going to talk about one of the first things to go gather it i <laughs> type into my phone quit your way rich.com and i said oh man it's take it and then i see a picture of this beautiful woman with these curls popping, and her name is Mandy Witch of Santos. And I'm like, girl, Mandy ain't playing with y'all. She was like, I love that you grabbed that domain. Cause I was like, oh, she done said it. The people know she gotta get that domain ASAP. No, but honestly, I am so happy for you and proud of you. And um, I just can't wait to, you know, watch your journey. Just make sure as you're writing the book, to keep in mind to save some reserves because I'm everyone says this, but it doesn't feel like it because writing the book part is so hard that that's easy compared to the marketing. I'm Afterward. terrified of the marketing. I know. Don't don't yeah. worry about it. We got you. But I'm I just know saying, you got me. Like, I, I will. Yes. yes. <laughs> I know you. But do. I'm just I, saying that like um, the book. I mean, uh, the book part obviously is very intense, and it is. But yeah, you know, the marketing part. It's just. I mean, I've learned so many things, you know, I'm like, and even now, literally, because I have so many friends writing uh, books now that I just, I'm actually working on like a uh, more easy to digest uh, checklist that I told you, Mandy, that I'll, I'll give, because I gave you like my full seven month deep dive. And I'm like, most, a lot of my friends are like, this too much. <laughs> so I'm like, maybe I could just get like a basic checklist, like get the domain. Here's when you should start asking for um, reviews. Did you know that reviews with pictures on Amazon are prioritized reviews without pictures? Make sure you ask for that. You see what I mean? So mm, I want to get yeah. like a checklist so it'll, you know, for for people who are going to do the deep dive with my seven month, like kind of like layout, but also for folks who are like not necessarily going to do all that, but these little nuanced things that make all the difference. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm so proud of you because I know how hard that is. And the fact that it's 70 pages, I mean, that's such a, I'm glad you did that because um, one, it'll allow a potential publisher to know exactly what they're getting, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm not gonna lie, I didn't want to do, because I forget how many pages my, it was around 70, something like that, something crazy too. Between 50 but, and 100 is like standard, I think. Yes, but I want to do like a, a 10 page and my agent Heather was like, you can do that. But the issue with that is then the publisher has to kind of guess what your book is going to be about. And she said, the longer, not necessarily the length, but more in depth it is, that means you've already done the work of really mapping out what you want to write. And so that helped a lot because I didn't really care about what the publisher was going to think. But yeah. for me, it allowed me to say, Tiffany, I was so clear about this is the book I'm writing. And when, you know, I finally chose my publisher and they chose me, Penguin, nobody was guessing what's the book going to be about. We were all on the same page because they they bought it based upon the, um, you know, the proposal. So, yeah, it's exciting. Woohoo! Look at, look at, look at me. 
Sandra. It's a good test too, because if you weren't excited to write, if you couldn't get the proposal out of your body, and like I'm not opposed to anyone having a ghostwriter or a, like a developmental proposal, like co-creator, I think collaboration's great. But if I'm like, I'm going to be sitting with this book for months and years, because that's how long it takes, I need to really want to say this stuff and to feel passionate about it. And I did. I felt that way. It was, it was, yeah, it was, we're not going to say it wasn't hard because, you know, you have to make that commitment and lots of early mornings before Rio woke up, but it was all worth it. And my proposal coach is really optimistic that I'll be able to get a deal. Girl, but first, got I got to get an agent. It's happening. <laughs> agent is happening. The book is happening. It is because it's. One, it's super timely to your point, but it's also evergreen, which is really awesome. I want to see you on the cover, just so you know. I want to see the curls popping. Really? I need a book. Oh, I, yes, I, I do. Can't that far ahead. <laughs> yes, I know. But I'm like, no, we need to get more brown girls on the cover. They need to be like, oh, okay. I see I you. Hope. Like, no. <laughs> I want to go to that Barnes and Noble them. section and be like, oh, brown, 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 brown. <laughs> oh, that was amazing. <laughs> But yeah, it would be amazing. I just want, and I feel like y'all are invested in the journey. Obviously, Tiff has been invested in the journey. Just want to do everybody proud. And I want to write a book that fucking changes lives and makes people feel more empowered the same way that I do my, you know, everything that I do in my business. So it feels good. Y'all send me some good, some good bib. <laughs> book vibes. Give Mandy some good. I want you to hit up on Twitter. I know she's not on Twitter as much, but uh, all the fools Instagram on Twitter. Instagram. <laughs> all right. Hit her up and just like, you know, send her a DM and just be like, girl, you got this. I can't wait. Um, yeah, I'm just super happy, honestly, because it is like for me, it wasn't so much Barnes and Nobles, but I was like, if I could see my book in Target, because I, I, I go to Target all the time and that, it still hasn't yeah. hit me when I see it at Target. I'm like, that I'm in the place huge. where I spend all my money. <laughs> oh, and I have to tell you, you know, like I told you, my proposal coach has your book in her background. And then also when she was showing me, every, there's like different steps in the process. And when I was designing my book proposal, there's always a comparison, a comparison, a comparison, like a competitor analysis where you look at the top five books. And um, I think the three samples she showed me, they were... They were like similar. They were they were financial books, and Good Good with Money was right there at the top. Like this Aww. is the bar. <laughs> this is proof because it's proof that financial books by women of color so, can do great. You know, yes. so I love seeing that for sure. Yeah. It wasn't on my list because it ain't about money, but um, yeah. But it is like it is the bar now. You are the bar. Oh, bitch! You. You're the bar. Alien <laughs> <Alien> superstar. <laughs> I was just listening to Renaissance today. Girl, I don't know why Me I'm like so obsessed with plastic on the couch, right? I'm just so like that's I mean, I've always loved it, but just recently I'm just like I was it's in the like, car and people were beside it's me. It's cuffing like, season, that's why. <laughs> I don't know. What are you trying to say? Mm, no. A little romantical. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, so it's just I'm just excited. So yeah, it's like this new I just love what we get to do, you know? Mm -hmm. That we get to Perfect. do like you know pour into the people that we care about our audience in so many different ways you know from the podcast to our individual businesses to books you know it's just i don't know that professionally it gets better than this because everyone can't say that they can see the direct correlation of what they do and the people that they're serving you know and so we get to say that that's this is why i became why i was a school teacher because selfishly i was like i want to see my work you know, and I love the fact that I'm like, oh my gosh, Rio can read because I taught him. 
you know? <laughs> and so like what we do here, it's like, wow, look how many people we get to help instantly. Like someone's going yeah. to listen to this and be like, because of you guys, dot, 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 you know? So just, you know, I'm just proud of you, Mandy, because I know it's, it was- it was a little touch and go in the beginning. You're like, what? Now look, hmm, they're lost. <laughs> I, I know. I'll never forget. I'll never forget that that pivot for me and what happened and and how you were there to um, lift me back up. It'll it'll always be one of the reasons I love you the most. But oh, and same, Andy. Same. Yeah. All right. All right well, don't I get guess, me to start crying. Anyway, I guess, <laughs> wait. I was just about to say the podcast network. Y'all listen. Tiffany's not available. March. What was it? March, August. What am I going to do? March, August, December. Well, no, no, we're going to figure it out. Like, even if I pre-tape some stuff, we're going to figure it out. Or even if I yeah, say, because yeah, yeah. it's my first year doing it, like, I'll do two episodes. You know what I mean? I'm going to, we're going to figure it out. But I'm, I just said, let me say it and then, then adjust to it, you know? Oh, yeah. We're very nimble. We got it. So don't worry if you're like, I want more. There is more. You already know we every Friday we have the BAQA where if you have questions, we have some answers. And so we'll see you on Friday. BAQA. Hey. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Hey, BA fam. We could not do this show without your support or the support of our team behind the scenes. The Brown Ambition Podcast is produced by Cumulus Podcast Network. It's edited by the wonderful Imani Crosby and produced by Tanya Bustos. Dennis Stemplinski is our in-house tech guru, and I am Mandy Woodruff-Santos, your co-host, and I will see y'all next week. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.